0: I'm Amy Shields. I'm Mark Frost.
1: Hi, I'm Kimmy Robertson.
2: So our Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book, is currently out at bluerosemag.com. its 19.99, so get your copy today as supplies are very limited and will be running out very soon. So if you haven't got your copy today, go to bluerosemag.com today.
3: Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive.
1: Hi, this is Arthur Smith, and this is David Bushman, and we're the co-authors of the new book from Applause, Twin Peaks FAQ. Why should Laura not take the ring? Are the elves what they seem? Find the answers to these questions and more with Twin Peaks FAQ. I uh,
4: got
5: ideas. You take me for the and
2: welcome to this week's edition of Twin Peaks unwrapped I'm your host Brian Kazoski and beside me as always Ben Durant Ben hey this episode is going to be it, it we, I say this every week that this episode is the best episode but I can firmly say, to this point, this is the best episode. This is
6: the best episode. (laughs) Every week I say that because they just get better. Yes. So in July, we did a panel with David Bushman from uh, Twin Peaks Frequently Asked Questions book. We did a panel at Kineticon.
2: Oh, my God. To be invited on a panel.
6: That's pretty exciting. I I was
2: beside myself when you told me how it came about. I was sort of like confused. First, I was nervous. I was scared. I was petrified.
6: (laughs) I will
2: survive. I will
6: survive. Um, But then I got excited. I was like, wow, we get to be on a panel? So I think what happened was uh, David Bushman uh, must have tweeted out there that – he said that we were going to be on a panel for Kineticon. And then I found out it was going to be him that was going to be uh, that Arthur Smith wasn't going to be able to make it. And it was just going to be him. And then I found that w- the panel was just David Bushman. Like, I think that he he was going to do it on his own. Yeah. And I think what I mentioned to David it's like, oh, well, we'd love to record it because- It's our neck of the woods. It's our neck of the woods. We don't live too far away from yeah. uh, Hartford. So uh, yeah, I, I said to David, oh, we'd love to just record it. And then I think he, he offered, he said, hey, why don't you come on the panel with us? Without further ado, here's David Bushman
2: and us at Kineticon.
7: Thank you all for coming out. Uh, my name is David Bushman. My day job is I'm a television curator at the Paley Center for Media in New York, which used to be the Museum of TV and Radio, where we collect uh, television programs going back to the 40s, and we also do live events with casts and creative teams. And in fact, we did one with uh, the cast and creative team of, of Twin Peaks back in 1990 just before the show went on the air. I'm also the author of this book, Twin Peaks FAQ, which I wrote with Arthur Smith, who's a colleague of mine, at the Paley Center. And I call this book like an interpretive history, which means we go back and look at the themes and the characters and the history. I mean, it's an amazing story of how Twin Peaks got on the air. The, all the mysteries are sort of deconstructed. So it's kind of meant for fans of the show and also people who want to refresh their memories or kind of deep dive before the show comes back on Showtime um, in uh, next year. So I'm gonna pass it on down to Ben here on my right.
6: Hey, I'm Ben Durant. I'm co-host of Twin Peaks Unwrapped podcast. My co-host over here, Brian. And uh, I've been watching Twin Peaks, I watched Twin Peaks back in 1990 when it originally aired, big fan. And it was probably about a year ago that I said, I should do a podcast. And I knew Brian had done podcasts and had never seen Twin Peaks before. And I said, this would be a good podcast we could do. We could, a a newbie and somebody who's been watching it for a while. And And an experiment. (laughs) Is, there a, is it successful? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> what do you going
2: to say? Um, my name is Brian Kazaska. I'm the other half of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. You have our cards, some of you. And I just finished the series, Firewalk With Me, The Missing Pieces. So I'm up to date, ready for season three. And um, our show is just... It's kind of like an audio history with Ben's knowledge and then me seeing it with Uh, fresh eyes, sometimes you'd be like, I didn't notice that, or oh my god, I didn't realize that. So we've been doing that for the last year, every week, and we're going to keep going until season three.
7: I hope you guys are in a participatory mood, because we're going to definitely rely on you a lot. But the first question I have for you is, is anybody in the audience uh, involved in podcasting from the perspective of doing one? Yeah. So not a lot of you. There's one hand in the back. So I'm just curious for you guys. Here you are, you know, I guess this applies more to Ben, you're this big Twin Peaks fan and you decide that you want to do a podcast on it. How do you then go about doing that? I mean, you start, you have no, when you set out, like if, if somebody out there was like a huge fan of Lost or whatever, uh, what, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever, and they wanted to do a podcast, you know, how do you build an audience for it? How, how do you go from being a passionate fan of a show to actually doing something with it?
6: I think and social media definitely helps. I think that you know, I think we, a month before we even started, we made sure we had a Twitter account, we had a Facebook account, and we started building an audience before we even had one episode. At least yes. we started following people. Yep. And for us, I mean, it's all about the community for us. So I, I think we try to make connections with other community members, other people that really love Twin Peaks. So I think for people who are interested in podcasts, I mean, that's where you do is you, you try to find a community. Yeah. And I. I mean, it, it helped that Brian, had, you had already done a podcast, so you, you've been, you knew for a long time how to do one.
2: Yeah, doing one and then using social media for your, your getting it out to, to your audience and always using it as the community. Um, I, I hate saying listeners. You always say the community yeah. because then if they feel like they're part of the conversation, they'll pass it on to other people.
6: And David, this is a brand new book. How did this come about? I mean... Um, so this, I'll tell you the story
7: about this. We um, wanted to write a book for Applause, and we sent them out this list of ideas. And um, at the time, we had like ten ideas on it. Twin Peaks was one of them. But the show, that the book that they, at the time that we sent these out, there was no announcement that Twin Peaks was coming back. And the, the book that they actually wanted was they wanted a kind of like an encyclopedic book about Marvel and DC superheroes. Which we, I mean, you know, having the opportunity to spend months researching and writing that was like the most amazing thing. But then they said to us, "Before you do that, we just want to vet the idea by our attorneys because, you know, Marvel and DC are tough companies to to work with, and they might raise issues if you start putting photographs in there that they don't if they don't authorize them, or and then they might come back to you and charge you a lot of money." And the lawyers basically for applause, said, "Let's not do superheroes." And 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 so then we said to them. In, in the meantime, the announcement came out. Mark Frost and David Lynch tweeted that they were going to be um, bringing it back. And um, and and when we said to them, "What's next on your list?" They said, "Twin Peaks is suddenly shot to the top of our list." So that's how that happened. But one thing that was interesting that you guys were talking about was you talking about community. And there are certain shows. I mean, Twin Peaks came out in 1991. The, the internet was just starting. So there's a lot of people in this audience who are so young and it's really amazing and great to see young fans of Twin Peaks because you guys weren't alive maybe or certainly not, of, a, not at a, of an age to be watching Twin Peaks in 1990 and 1991. But the show came out just when the internet was kind of becoming a factor. And I mean today almost any show has a following on the internet. But back in those days it was special shows like Twin Peaks would be one, X-Files was another one, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I'm working on a book on right now, you know, those were like, I mean, in, I guess you call them cult shows, but it's really interesting if you think about it because two of those shows have already come back. Um, and I think the fan communities have had a lot to do with that, the way they've kept the shows alive and convinced people that there was still interest in it. So, and I think, I think one, I think loss is another one. And I think one component for that kind of fan base Is this whole idea of these mysteries that are unsolved? I mean, they don't lay out the answers for you So people all over the internet speculating about what who is Bob? uh, Who is the man from another place? uh, Who's the one-armed man? um, Did Leland I I, Let me put this question out before I start (laughs) spoiling things for you But how many people out here in the audience have seen the entirety of the Twin Peaks television series? So almost everybody how many people have seen Fire Walk with Me, the theatrical movie? So, wow, that's great. About fifty percent of those people who just raised their hands. How many of you liked the movie? What, what, you loved it. How many hated it? Who saw it? You hated it. What did you hate about it? The. The the actor playing who? Oh, you didn't like Laura. Wow. wow. It didn't bother you in the TV show, but it did bother you in the movie. She's not in the TV show. Not well, she's much, Ma- but she's she... Maddie.
6: Yeah. 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 And the actor's played Maddie in the show. Yes,
7: yeah, she did. Um, and she's coming back in 2017, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> for you. Maybe
2: um, in small doses,
6: right?
7: Who yeah, maybe she's small doses. She's playing a
2: red-haired someone or other.
6: And what about the missing pieces? So yeah. out of the people that have seen Firewalk With Me or maybe has the Blu-ray, how many of you guys have seen the missing pieces, which is really the deleted scenes? Do you guys all know the story of The
7: Missing Pieces? That original cut of that movie, Fire Walk With Me, was five hours long. And then they cut it and they made it, I think, about three and a half or 3.15, I think it was. And the studio said, there's no way we're releasing that movie at three hours and 15 minutes. So he went back and he cut it so that he took out anything that wasn't central to the story of Laura Palmer, except for this famous Deer Meadow prologue. Uh, which uh, one of our good friends thinks is all a dream, but we think he's crazy. So, um, and uh, and so, uh, what? Uh, one reason that a lot of people hated the movie was that, and I thought this was what you were going to say, was that a lot of the characters, like Ben Horn, isn't in it. Pe- um, Norma.
6: Oh, you want me to go ahead? Yeah, uh, yeah.
7: No, go ahead.
6: I mean, we get Truman, yeah. Andy, uh, Norma, Big Ed, uh, Na- Nadine. I mean, yeah. a lot of. Wow. I mean, this is a big town. I mean, it right. was the
7: whole town, isn't
6: it? Right, small
7: town, <laughs> small but it's town. <laughs> oh yeah, right. It's right, a small town with a lot right. of characters. Right. That's the other thing on the size of the town. The original "Welcome to Twin Peaks" sign said five thousand, comma two hundred and one. Is it two hundred? Five thousand, two hundred something. And ABC told them that it was too small so they made it (laughs) 52,000 and and whatever. Uh, But uh, the thing is, these people that Ben was talking about, most of them, not Ben Horn and not Audrey horn but most of the other people did film scenes for the movie and they got cut out when Lynch cut it from three and a half to two, whatever it is. And those are the so-called missing scenes, or, or a good part of them. There's also, for those of you who saw it, you remember the famous David Bowie scene? Uh, there's more of that, too. There's, they, there's a, they bookend that with uh, two scenes that have to do with the famous woman, Judy, who he mentions in the film, and does anyone know who else mentions Judy in the film, other than David Bowie?
2: I can answer this. what did he say? What'd you... I said, I can answer this. I didn't oh, know. Oh, oh. The, the monkey. The monkey. Which there's
6: I a didn't monkey. know. Right. Yeah. And, and to me, the, I mean, David Lynch is a big fan of The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Judy Garland played Dorothy. Yeah. So you wonder if Monkey, Judy could be a relationship.
7: Yes, but there's also the story that uh, Harley Payton, who was a writer-producer for the show, said that uh, Judy was supposed to be Josie's sister. And there was this whole mythology that they built into the movie about Josie, uh, Josie, Judy... David Bowie's character, and Wyndham Earl, who, uh, but they wound up just, uh, in the end, throwing it out because it was just too much stuff.
6: And I think um, that was Bob Angle's, the uh, co-writer of Firewalker me that did that. It like, is Bob Angle, right, yeah. right, right, right.
7: Not Harley Payton, but Bob Angle. And there's actually this really cool scene, in fact, if you buy my book, um, there's this scene <laughs> where uh, they have, this actually, uh, Richard Beamer, who played, I don't know how many uh, musical fans are out here, he was Tony in the original, West Side Story, the movie version, but he uh, plays Ben Horn. And once that they found out that the show was being canceled, Ben Horn, uh, Richard Beamer is also a photographer, and he documented the final days on set, and he took a lot of behind-the-scenes photos. Great, great photos, amazing photos. Google and, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he uh, he has a fo- He has photos of this woman, an, an, an Asian woman, a Chinese woman like Josie, who's wearing the nightgown that Josie's wearing where, when she dies. And um, I hope I didn't spoil that for you, did I? No, no? Okay. no, no, no. okay. I'm right. all up to date. All right, and, uh, and sh- her body is visible, and her head is invisible, and it's hidden behind the other side of the red curtain. And the rumor that Frank Silver, who played Bob, told at the first Twin Peaks Festival, or one Twin Peaks Festival, was that they filmed an entire scene with Rosie in the red room. Nobody ever understood what happened to Rosie. Remember, she becomes a part of a doorknob mm. at the Great Northern. Nobody could ever figure that out. According to Mark Frost, David Lynch ran in one day to the office and said, "I know what happens to Josie. She becomes part of a doorknob." <laughs> part of the wood. <laughs> um, so uh, apparently, uh, Frank Silver told the story that she was taken to the red. That he takes her to the red room. But they, don't fil- they never filmed it. So David uh, Lynch always says if it's not on screen, it didn't happen. Yeah.
6: yeah. And I think, I think I'm talking about Josie there in, in the second season near the end. We we're talking about fear and love. And it appears that Josie died from fear. And then you see Bob, the little man, dancing on, on the yeah. bed. But you wonder if it was fear that, that killed her. And then maybe, right, she went to the Red Room after that. So right. At least
2: that's a possibility. Possibility.
7: What do you think, Brian?
2: i know i agree i think she's in the wood because there was a painting of her and he oh yeah pete
6: martell martell is talking to her josie
2: yeah and i feel like she was there in spirit right and like she was in the wood
6: yeah i always thought it it was a poem that pete was doing like some kind of poem to josie but he could be i think he was infatuated with her so much and that he was just talking to her
2: maybe he's the only one that could see her i don't know it's very weird we have
6: microphones here
2: too. We do,
7: so just before we go to uh, audience questions, one thing I want to do was, I think every one thing, there's so many questions that people are waiting for the answers to in 2017, I think one of the big ones is what, what happened to Agent Cooper, and what happened in that final, that series finale. So I just wanted to show a clip, which hopefully is from the series finale. I see, definitely see red curtains here, so let's <laughs> see if that's what it is.
1: I need live. I will
7: If you have any idea what was going on in that scene, Ben, Brian, and I will be here uh, <laughs> afterward, and please come up and tell us. One thing I did want to say was, again, I don't know how many of you know the story, but that was written by Mark Frost. Har- the, the final episode was written by Mark Frost, Harley Payton, and um, Bob Angles, and David Lynch came in to direct, and um, he didn't like the script at all, and he took it specifically this. The whole, I think it's like a 20 minute scene, mm-hmm. this Red Room scene, and he ripped it up and threw it out. The original scene was essentially Cooper versus Wyndham Earl, and Bob is barely in it. And the rumor was that, was that Lynch never cared about Wyndham Earl anyway, it found him like a boring, um, uninteresting character. But anyway, in the original version of that script, it was almost all Cooper versus Wyndham Earl. Wyndham Earl shows up in a dentist smock, oh. in a, and and he's a dentist. I mean, I talk about anxiety dreams, but uh, and then the other thing about it is another point in the dream, in the scene. It's not a dream. The other point in the scene, he wears top hat and tails, as in singing Cole Porter's "Anything Goes." So maybe it made sense that Lynch threw that out. But uh, anyway, let's should we take some audience uh, yeah. questions. What, uh, what, uh, who would like to ask? We actually had these. Uh, Ben and Brian are actually taping this for uh, their podcast.
6: Yeah, we're recording this. Our, our, we have a weekly show, and I think we're planning maybe the first week of August that Wednesday it, it, this, this show will be air. Yeah. So please, uh, yeah, use the microphone Yeah. If yeah any, we have
7: questions. Yeah, so who wants to break the ice for Andy? us?
8: Uh, my question is uh, Diane, who Agent Cooper always talks to. Do you think she was a real person, or do you think she was you know, a figment of his imagination.
2: We were just talking about it.
6: Yeah, we literally, before this panel began, we were discussing that. Go ahead. Why don't we start? well, Brian is like the newbie, so why don't you start with- I
2: thought, uh, I think that um, Diane is a, I, I don't think Diane's real, personally. I think it's just someone, he's talking to someone to make himself not feel alone. I feel like Diane's just a figment of his imagination. Like, if you've talked to, you, like, you give yourself memos, so maybe Diane is just like to keep him company, and I don't think Diane exists And I know there's there was talk of bringing a Diane like a real Diane, but I think that would ruin it I think not knowing is cool, but I personally think she doesn't exist And my my only um, Evidence holds my theory true is that he asked for earbuds and he gets them like less than 24 hours, and back then it would take forever. Yeah, we're talking
6: 1990. Yeah, like, I need Amazon. earbuds
2: yeah. because the, the ruckus in the motel, in the hotel, and then all of a sudden he gets them, and I'm like, well, come on. She can't
6: <laughs> right. Well so I I don't know if I ever say this to you but I do think she's real. I, I think she is real. Yeah. And um there is a, we're actually we're going to we're going to be recording a show soon on the book, the Cooper book, the what is it? I forgot the exact the autobiography of yeah. uh, yeah. Dale Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. And and in the, in that book he has um, conversations with with Diane and they go to dinner and and David and I were talking it, it even seems to be like there could be more of a relationship than just uh, secretary and
7: uh, yeah. Yeah. E- Either there's a real Diane or Cooper is really crazy. Um, he also there's also a, uh, a Scene one of the deleted scenes takes place in the Philadelphia FBI office where he's um, Talking to her in her office, but you can't see her. Yeah So either he's talking to himself or she's <laughs> really there And the other last thing I would say about it is the rumor is that in 2017 It's just a rumor that Laura Dern who is definitely in the cast is gonna play Diane so,
2: I why? hope not.
6: <laughs> I think it'd be good. To, if you know Laura Dern is, she was in Blue Velvet with yeah. Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah.
8: What do you think? I, I you always know, thought she was a figment, um, just because he talks to her without, like, on the phone. Like he'll talk to her recording. Yeah, that's so
2: another it. reason too. Yeah. yeah.
8: I didn't think she was real, but. Who knows? She could be something else entirely.
6: Yeah, yeah. It was strange sometimes where he will start talking about the Kennedys or start talking about things that, like, would you talk to your secretary about? Uh, or even like the, the season premiere of the second season, he's talking about how he would like to make love to a woman and yeah. things like. Really? Why are
8: you sharing this with the secretary? <laughs> yeah.
7: So if she was real, what actress would you cast a player? Hmm. It's
8: a good one. <sighs> that's really hard.
7: Uh yeah. think about it. Okay. I'll think about it. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Thanks so much. That was a great question. Thank you. Yes.
9: So, what do you think they're going to do about Audrey, Pete, and Andrew being in the explosion at the bank? Oh, yeah. Because it just... I know Pete's probably not... or definitely not going to be coming back, right. so... And I don't know if the guy who played Andrew is still alive, but I don't know how they're going to come Andrew's, back to Andrew's explosion. Andrew's dead. Okay.
6: No. Yeah. Well, um, Sharon Fenn thought even way back in 1981, she thought that they were going to bring her back. Like they thought it was just one of these cliffhangers, but that they were going to find a way. Y- you would think you would think with the explosion and you saw the the bank guy's glasses go flying <laughs> across in the, the money. street. Yeah, like you would yeah. think she would be dead, but uh,
7: she's I definitely coming back. She's that Doesn't come, mean that she's yeah. alive, but she's coming. I think I think she's kind of unhappy that her role is not bigger. Is what mm. I hear about really? that. Really? So I I kind of think. Right, I think Pete Martell, uh, you know Jack Nance is gone. And, uh, sadly, I mean that's such a sad thing. And um, and uh, G- G- uh, O'Hurley, oh, he maybe his name was the guy who played Andrew Packard. Yeah, He's gone. Yeah. And and I think I think uh, Audrey might be might be back.
2: She survived. She had the
9: door to save her. She was the door, but <laughs> yeah, right. that was a pretty big explosion. Right. Yeah. You what know,
7: do maybe,
2: you
7: what do you
8: think?
9: Maybe she's. Kind of messed up from it or something. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe that's why her role's so much smaller. Maybe she's like in a yeah. wheelchair or something like that. Let yeah. me ask
7: you. Let me ask you another question about Audrey. Okay, this is a big. This is a big dividing factor for Twin Peaks fans. And anybody could could answer. So you know, I don't know if you know this, but there was supposed to be a romance between um, Cooper and Audrey in yeah. the second season. And either, depending on whose version of history you believe, either. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin said, no, I'm not going to do it because she's a high school student and yeah. that would be wrong for Cooper to do. Or Lara Flynn Boyle who played Donna and was Kyle McLaughlin's girlfriend at the time, said, I don't want Kyle being in an affair with Audrey uh, Horn. So um, instead they, they invented, they had to scramble and they had invented this character of Annie. Do you think that that was a mistake or do you think that it would have Would you have liked to have seen Audrey and Cooper together, or do you think it would have been? I
9: mean, I would have liked to have seen them. I I liked their chemistry, but I also did like Annie as well. Not as much as I liked Audrey, because I I think Audrey was a lot more of an interesting character. Yeah. But Annie had her uh, ups as well, and I think I'm I'm okay with it as it was, but if it could have been Audrey through the whole entire thing, I wouldn't have been upset about it.
7: Yeah, I think a lot of people agree with you. I think it's really one of the things that makes me sad is that... uh, Heather Graham is not supposedly. I mean a lot of people think that cast list that was released that Lynch is holding back certain names But she wasn't on it. So I don't yeah. know if Annie's gonna be back or not. I
6: definitely think they're holding back It's it, it's ironic that it's t- 217 actors and you know, it's coming out in 2017. Yeah. I just think that yeah. It's ironic. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anybody else have any opinion about Cooper and Audrey? Why the mic is being passed so that scene with the bank um, Catherine Martell is not in the last episode, but in the script, she actually is in the bank and she's running to say, "Andrew, you promised!" And she actually blows up in the bank with with them. Audrey sees Catherine coming, and then the the bank blows up. It's
7: true. It's Audrey instead of
6: Pete. Pete's not in the bank.
7: Oh, is that right? Yeah. Catherine has already survived one trauma, but uh, right. yeah. the fire she, and, is, she, and she's not coming back either. Supposedly, oh, right? Uh, yeah. She's alive, and she yeah. says she'd
6: be interested. Yeah. yeah.
7: Another thing I just heard the other day was, any uh, Parks and Rec fans out there, Parks and Recreation fans, you guys know Rashida, who Rashida Jones is? Mm. Well, her mom is Peggy Lipton, and Peggy Lipton's Norma Jennings, and I hear that, I heard, we just did an event with Rashida Jones, and she said that she really had her mom lobby hard for her to be in. The new Twin Peaks, and she's
6: not, so...
7: What? You know.
3: <laughs> Missed opportunity. Um, yeah, real quick, how's Annie? <laughs> no, I don't um, think she's that
6: good. Yeah, yeah, she's well. The missing pieces.
2: Yeah, you said you saw the missing yes. pieces.
7: Yeah, yeah.
3: Sure. but uh, seriously, is there is it just a coincidence that there's two characters uh, both named Bob and Mike in Twin Peaks? You know, well,
6: Cooper even says he says different Mike, different Bob. But yeah, I, you yeah. know what? I would be surprised if it was a
7: coincidence. But um, I don't know what it means. <laughs> and there's, I, actually, yeah,
6: yeah. there's actually another Bob. I mean, Andre at the, in the pilot says, "Okay, Bob." It doesn't. She's like has. She's, she's, oh. she's got the cup and she's using the pencil and I think she says okay, Bob.
7: Well, also the vet, uh, Lidecker, who they go to his. That, it's, that's Bob Lidecker, because oh, yeah. when Cooper says to, you, to the one armed man, "Did you know Bob?" Uh, he says, "Yeah, Bob." That's Lidecker. right. That's, that's why right. I was at He's the hospital. Boy? Yeah. yeah,
10: yeah. I, would like to know your opinions on how uh, the other movies in the Lynch universe are going to fit into the uh, into the new show? You know, Lost Highway and Mulholland Drive and Inland Island and uh, I guess everything after Blue Velvet. I guess is supposedly the Lynch universe, uh, mm. from what I've heard.
7: That's a really tough question. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you have you seen all those movies? Okay, so that's another one where if you can come up after and explain Inland Empire to me, I would, <laughs> I would be indebted to you forever. Okay, well, that, that is one difficult movie to decipher, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's things like these, you know, there, there has definitely been talk that some of these movies take place in the same universe and that um, yes, and the whole idea of the mystery man being some way analogous to, to Bob. I don't know the answer to that and the thing about Lynch that makes him so interesting to me is Seventy-five percent of the questions you ask me, I'm not going to know the answer to, but it's just... Uh, Set up and down lost Tell, do you know more about it, though? Uh, no, about how they connect. Uh, I mean, the mystery man
10: uh, mostly how they connect, what
7: I understand. Uh, but I'm not, I, mean, I, I don't know how. But yeah, no, I mean, and the problem with Lynch is he, he'll never answer the question for you. He just says whatever you think. In fact, it's my contention again in the book that the blue rose in Fire Walk With Me, if you remember, uh, Desmond knows what it is and Cooper knows what it is, but Sam doesn't and he, neither one of them will tell him. To me that blue rose is like exactly that, the mystery of Lynch's movies. And basically what Lynch is saying is it means whatever you want it to mean and stop asking me about it. So, yeah. Yes. Blue. blue yeah. And then there was some interview with a director yeah. that Brad Dukes did for his book on Twin Peaks where the director said he had somebody carrying something blue, like a suitcase or something, and one of the crew members called him over and said, what, what are you, crazy? David Lynch doesn't let blue in his movies unless there's like it's for a very specific purpose. So if you go back and look at Twin Peaks, you're not going to see a lot of blue, but when you do see it, it's going to be there for for a reason. We have no idea what the reason is, but there's some reason
0: for it.
6: And I'm just excited, there's a, there's, a, there's a bunch of the actors that were in his other films that'll be in the, the new Twin Peaks, so that'll be great to see them, whether they, whether they, it connects in, or not, it's cool to have these actors back. And you know,
7: Mulholland Drive was originally a pilot for ABC also, but ABC rejected it, and then he made the whole second half of the movie, which...
6: Yeah. And, and originally, Sherilyn Fenn, uh, who played Audrey, was go, it was gonna be like a yes, spin-off. Yeah, it was awesome gonna be show. a spin-off of Twin Peaks, and that was gonna be Mulholland Drive. Right.
5: Do you guys see a distinction between season one and season two? And did you feel that there was, like, something off in season two? Because I personally couldn't enjoy season two as much as season one.
2: Yes. That's a great question. Do
7: you guys want to talk about that?
6: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, part of it was that in the first, I mean, you mentioned this in the book, too, that the, the first season, the whole thing was recorded. I mean, it was all filmed, edited before even the first episode had aired. And that's what they're doing with the new season. They you know they're, they get the time to be able to make all the shows and make it the way they wanted. So that Mark Frost and David Lynch got to do that. And then David Lynch, I mean, well, I can't say that. The second season, he supposed he was still there, but he seems like he wasn't as interested. And then Mark Frost had a movie he was working on, and he wasn't interested. And so it was Bob Angles and... Harley Payton that kind of took over producing the show mid-season so you can see after the Laura Palmer case They kind of are doing more of it so you could see little Nicky Yeah, you the get line little Nicky in there, and yeah. it's yeah. not good At least, It actually in August it'll be the 26th anniversary uh, of, of Wild at Heart so what actually happened between the first and second season I know some people it's always yes yeah, No, confusion so on that. Was, uh was he, he
7: after he directed the uh, was it episode two? Episode yep. two, which is the third episode because it's kind of crazy numbering. They don't count the pilot as as one. The one with the Red Room Dream, he went off to, to film Wild at Heart. And, and it was, so it was mostly the first season that he was going for. But let me ask you, did you, did you like it as far as the resolution of Laura's murder, or do you think from the start of season two that it held
5: Well, off? actually, I started season two, and I got through like the first three episodes, and then I just stopped watching, because it really, my friend always told me, like end at season one, because it just doesn't get better, and I almost agree with her, because I almost feel like I shouldn't have even started, just because I enjoyed mm-hmm. season one so much, and once I got to season two, it really didn't have the same feel, and um, I didn't enjoy it.
7: From the, from the start, so do you know who killed Laura? No. Wow. Oh, okay.
2: It does get better, I think. I mean, it's my first time watching it from last year to now, and it do, I mean, if you can go and find out who killed Laura, and then one more episode after that, you could stop and be satisfied it does get better. I mean, it kind of dives with some, a lot of side stuff you don't need to know about. And then I think episode 23, where Cooper starts off the episode recapping, you could almost just cut those episodes out, like they don't exist. Listen to Cooper recap everything for you and go right back into the show and you'll be satisfied. Because the last episode is amazing. The last two episodes I think are really, really good, and it it has the old season one vibe to it. And David Lynch did direct the final episode, so
6: it's worth it for that. but But the first two episodes David Lynch directed of the season premiere, and you didn't really like that, and that was David Lynch, so I mean, Those are probably, but but yeah, maybe the eight episodes of of the second season they'll they'll wrap up the mystery. So if you ever wanted to go back to just those, you know, it's basically the the stretch of the first season, seven or eight episodes.
5: So then the question is, will you see the new season, uh, uh, Showtime? Um, I'm I'm interested in it. Um, there's a few actors that I was interested in seeing them. Um, and I'm hoping it has like the same like David Lynch feel. Um, that season one had. Hmm. Yeah, because
7: it's all written by Lynch and Frost and directed by, by Lynch, so it should be like that. There's a, my opinion would be that there's like four episodes after the Laura thing is solved that are really weak, and then yeah. they bring in this guy, Earle who was Cooper's old FBI boss and is uh, crazy as a bat, and, uh, and that starts this whole new arc, and it picks up again then. So that would be my advice, if you could, if you could stand those four episodes in the middle. Uh, <laughs> it, it's... Uh, it's worth pursuing. Yeah.
6: Right? Like anytime they say mention Little Nicky, just fast forward to, through that
7: part. Yeah. <laughs> Little Nicky. It's and Co- just, yeah. What are when they Cooper doing? starts wearing flannel shirts because he gets suspended from the FBI. And oh that man. That drove Lynch crazy. And um, and what what? There's this woman, Lana, budding Lana Budding, Lana Budding. Oh, Lana. Lana Budding. Yeah. Every guy. My line in the book is every guy who. Who meets her is like just falls madly in love with her, but she couldn't win over a single Twin Peaks fan. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, so there's that thing going on too. It's really, uh, really bad. But and then
6: then and then they leave Twin Peaks. The name of the show is called Twin Peaks, and a character actually leaves Twin Peaks, and Uh, we focus on that character.
7: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you could say which character. What do you? What do you? What do you think of James? James Hurley, a motorcycle. uh, because he's one of the most divisive characters. You either hate him or you like him.
5: Uh, yeah, all my friends they they absolutely hate James. But right. I like instinctively started liking James. I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I love James." And then they're like, "What?" But
2: Yeah. Yeah, he travels outside Twin Peaks and oh no. It's, and you yeah. think that's
6: the end of him. He's like, "Okay, he's leaving Twin Peaks and we can move on to other stories." <laughs> oh no, we're going to go for a ride with him. <laughs> yeah. Nothing yeah. to do with nothing to do with Twin Peaks. Yeah.
10: That it was kind of a pointless arc that that he didn't really uh Do, and he just sort of gets caught up in this thing, and then he's like, "Okay, uh, I'm going back." (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
6: He has like four dollars, right? I love that. He he calls up Big Ed and says, "Can you send me my My money?" Then you can overhear. I think it was something like four (laughs) dollars.
2: Like, send him his four dollars. His whole savings of four dollars. And I'm like, "Well, hopefully you just stay there and not come back to Twin Peaks."
6: You definitely
7: get the sense that they didn't know what to do with James and Donna after Laura's uh, thing was solved. But what about that's the other divisive character, I would say is Donna. What do you pro Donna or anti Donna?
2: Boo. I have a question. Donna and fire. Oh, where?
7: Anti in the back. Did, did you see Twin Peaks Firewalk with me also?
2: Yeah.
7: Which Donna do you yeah. prefer? That's my question. There's only one right answer to this question
2: <laughs> Firewalk with me, Donna. Yeah.
5: That's, Wrong answer. It.
2: <laughs> I, I like Fire with Me, Donna.
5: I do too. I think yeah. she
2: plays the role way better.
6: I still think th- th- they picked the right Donnas for the right uh, medium. That's I mean, fair. For television, I think you needed. That's uh, a very diplomatic answer. I know wasn't it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, very di- Yeah, yeah.
2: Because both different ends and right, bends in the middle. Right. right. <laughs> uh. Do we
6: think that Donna will come back? I mean, I haven't. I, I, I don't know.
7: Um, she's not supposed to, unless somebody, new actress, is playing her, yeah.
4: One other thing that has always stuck with me, one, uh, it's a little thing, but I always remember it, uh, all of the coffee and pie scenes. And they, <laughs> it's just those little continuity things that they, they keep going, kind of running gags. So I guess my question is, what are some of your favorite uh, running gags or just like, things that continue throughout the
10: show? Little jokes or something like that. Uh.
6: I mean, it's got to be the coffee. I yeah, mean, like you got, coffee. Uh, yeah. There's a fish in the percolator. Yeah. And then like you're doing the rock throwing co- thing, and there's like, a- a damn hot. Or you know, like he's like spitting out the coffee. I mean, you got that almost yes. seems like every episode is coffee.
2: Cooper's hair was my favorite when he'd wake up and his hair would be sticking up, it's like Woody Woodpecker. Yeah, or I love there. that. Um, and the donuts, the massive amount of donuts. Like they're they're out in the woods and there's just like a table of donuts and nobody's eating them.
6: They're just there. So then, like, you, that was yeah. great. Waldo uh, dies, the bird, and there's blood
7: on the the donuts. donuts.
3: Yes, yeah.
7: All right, speaking of the the rock
3: throw... You will recall on the day of her death, Laura Palmer wrote the following entry in her diary. Nervous about meeting Jay tonight. Today, we're going to concentrate on the Jays. Harry, when I give the word, would you please read aloud each of the names I've written on the blackboard? Okie doke Deputy Hawk Stand over here And hold this bucket of rocks up near me Where I can get to them Would you please put on the kitchen mittens? Deputy Andy Move down Stand by the bottle Lucy Take this piece of chalk Not too near Andy I'm
8: getting excited
3: And if I should strike the bottle After Sheriff Truman says a particular name Make a check to the right of that name Oh, Sheriff, I almost forgot. When you say the name, also briefly state that person's relationship to Laura Palmer. Ready? Ready. James Hurley. Secret boyfriend. James Hurley. Yeah,
7: we have a section in the book that says, like, what are some of the favorite scenes, to your point, scenes that are not, like, when you think of Twin Peaks' most famous scenes, you think of that, you think of the Red Room uh, scene, and maybe Laura in the beginning, uh, her um, Truman and Doc uh, Hayward um, taking the plastic off her. And, and, um, or pizzaing wrapped in plastic, but there's a section of the book that kind of looks at the sort of unheralded moments, and one of them that we have in there is um, Audrey dancing uh, by herself on the, to the jukebox in the, in the diner. But I think my favorite scene is um, the scene in the, uh, I have a couple. One is the scene, they call it the um, Roadhouse, but if you actually go to Snoqualmie, N- it's actually called the Bang Bang Bar. And, um, there's a scene where, um, Donna's, Julie Cruz is singing, Rockin' Back Inside My Heart, and Donna's crying, and Bobby is over at the bar, and he looks really sad, and, you know, you think of Bobby as this tough punk who doesn't really have emotions, and the the story there is that Dana Ashbrook, who played Bobby, wasn't even supposed to be there that day, but he came in to get something, and he was watching them shoot, and Lynch, who was directing, said, said, go over and, and, and sit at the bar. And, and Dan Ashbrook said to him, "Well, what should I do?" And David Lynch just said, "Just look sad." That's all he told him. But that's one. And then another one that I really love is there's a scene where Leland is in complete grief and um, you know he's still trying to cope with the death of his daughter. and he goes out into the dance floor at the Great Northern and the, there's music playing and he's looking for um, somebody to dance with him, but he's so scary that everyone just backs away and moves away from him. And Cooper and uh, and Hawk, who you just saw, are at the bar, and they just had this really neat conversation about the soul and um, you know what it means to die and what happens to you. And they go over to Leland, and in all in this show with all this violence and you know these horrible things that happen to people, it's like this really beautiful, tender little moment where they just they're so moved by his grief and and how. Uh, you know embarrassing the situation is for him that they just go over to him and and they they take him home they, they basically save him from that situation. I don't know. What do you guys think of when you do you have do you have like? Unheralded scenes that you think of as
2: like your favorite Twin Peaks scene or, or just a scene that really sticks with you um, my favorite scene is uh David Lynch's character Cole and he's he's uh, he's falling in love with Shelley and they're at the diner and they're in the booth, and he wants to kiss her. And Bobby walks in and he, they kiss. And, like, you know, Shelly's doing it on purpose to get Bobby going. Yeah. And, like, uh, Cole turns around and he says, like I'll I'm a, you know, watch what a real man, I'll do it again. or He, he makes like a joke to him. And I think it's such a sweet scene. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I love that scene for some reason. And it's a good sense of
6: humor, yeah. and it's nice. And Gordon Cole for Gordon Cole, yeah. is David Lynch. Lynch, yeah. So I mean, that's something, and that think. makes it more interesting too. And it's been said. I mean, I think Harley Payton says in Wrapped in Plastic that um, David Lynch uh, basically went to him and said, "I want you to write in a scene where I get to kiss Shelley, Shelley. Johnson."
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe I'm just
6: and jealous of David. Lynch. They were Lynch. kind
7: of repulsed by the idea. What he had yeah, yeah. to well, do it, right? An old
6: man right, right, right. Uh,
7: what about you? So What
6: about me? Well, David The Roadhouse is an amazing scene. I mean, like. There's this feeling, I mean, I'm not giving it any away, but there's this feeling that something is happening, and, and they don't know what's happening, but something is happening, and it's just an amazing scene. I mean, I think it's the best scene of the whole series. But I also loved from the first season, where um, we're in the morgue, I think it's in the morgue, and Laura's body is there, and there's a whole fist fight between, oh, Truman actually punches Albert, and then Cooper comes by and he picks up Laura's A a hand and places it back down and to me it was like, oh, he's like he's kind of still that protector and it's just a beautiful scene I agree. It is a great scene.
7: What about you guys? Any scenes that uh, that You remember the most or that made the strongest impression on you? Yeah,
0: Nadine and the drapery runner (laughs) (laughs) Because the funny thing was that right after that episode aired the drapes in my house were very quiet. Uh, <laughs> I think my mother did something to the drapes.
7: You didn't use <laughs> grease, had nothing to do with grease and cotton balls?
0: I think that's what she did. Yeah, it did okay. smell a little weird in the house, so I'm wondering. Um, but my question for you actually is, um, we all saw Twin Peaks begin as this blockbuster thing that people had parties for, and, the, and they had so much fun with it. Do you think that season two, with all of the preempting from ABC, destroyed the fandom because I remember I used to record this religiously every Sunday night, and then it was on Saturday and Thursday, and, and it was just so aggravating to find this. Do you think that finally ABC just lost interest in it and lost faith in Twin Peaks, and that's the reason why they canceled it?
7: I take it, you, you think that, right? Yes. Um, it was difficult to find. Here's the thing about Twin Peaks. They put it on Thursday nights, and I don't know how many of you are old enough to remember must-see TV, but <laughs> it was 9 to 10 on Thursday nights, and that was Cheers, which was the most popular show on television, and then a show called Grand, which was not the most popular show on television, but it couldn't be Cheers. And the reason that in, that ABC started playing around with the time zone was because from the f- from the first day on, the ratings just kept falling. And they didn't fall, they, for a while there, they they were okay, but then they just took a nosedive. And, that, and that's when ABC, uh, I don't think, I agree with you, I don't think that's the way you improve ratings. And if they were invested, if they believed in the show, they would have, um, found a better way to do it because you don't want to, you don't want to not know when it's on. It's, it's a bad thing. But the thing is also that, this, this, that there was always this dichotomy between the creative people at ABC, the programming people, and what they call the suits. So it's basically LA versus New York. And the suits hated it and never wanted it on the air in the first place. So when it started to dive, they were probably celebrating. Um, they just didn't think it could be a hit.
6: I was. Thought, I mean, it would have been. Maybe they should have gone short seasons. I mean, that's what a lot of TV does now, where you have seven, eight, ten episodes, and it, it would have wrapped up the Laura Palmer case, and yeah. then you could maybe had a, a third season. Yeah, the possibly. show is almost but, broken up that way. Yeah, it feels like three. It feels right. like three short seasons. Right. I don't know if we mentioned yeah. also the Golf War. I mean, the original Golf War yeah. happened yeah. during that time. I know. Yeah, Mark Frost, I think they, were, they weren't happy that during December, which, you know, is around the Christmas time, it wasn't on either. So for at least a month, it wasn't on from November wow. till yeah. January. So there was a lot of times where it wasn't on. I know Lynch had wanted Wednesdays. He, he thought, let's stay away from Cheers, but...
7: That was actually Frost who oh, wanted was Wednesdays. Frost? I doubt Lynch even knew what well, was on well, on Lynch Wednesdays. Well, Lynch mentioned but, it on David oh, Letterman. I okay. think he
6: came on and he said, he said, Wednesday would be a good day to have it. And
7: stuff. Yeah, Catherine Coulson once did a... He's pale Center event, she said he doesn't even have a TV. But, uh, <laughs> Somebody told: him that.
6: Yeah.
7: But let me ask you a question: Were you bothered? I can ask this to both of you. You couldn't find it was bothering. Were, did you agree with critics and executives who said they were taking too long to, to solve? Did you feel like you were, were losing interest? Because
8: I
0: lost interest in the show after. They solved. Oh, so... Yeah. So, you're, so right so after we solved it and, and Maddie died, that's when I was like, okay, wh- what do we have? I personally did not like Wynda Merle. So I, f- I thought that he kind of ruined the storyline. I mean, I kept with everybody else in there, but when he popped up, I just lost interest.
7: So David Lynch would love you because that's exactly the way <laughs> he felt. He, and yeah, uh, I, I Just one thing I want to remind everybody for the benefit of those who don't know who killed Laura we're not gonna say, but what did you think? Were you bothered by um, the fact that they were not solving it?
4: I don't think so. Um, it was kind of a, um, yeah, I kind of wanted it a little drawn out just because I want more, I want more, I want more. Yeah, you know, the Laura Palmer's death being you know, the central theme much hand movement uh, laura palmer's death being you know the central theme to the show, I was afraid you know if they solved it too soon, there goes the show right what are we going to do right. yeah, very wrapped up in it, but it was uh, just yeah just so very hard to find kept getting yeah. preempted and interrupted. I was in, living in Cincinnati at the time we had an extra preemption because in the middle of it and we were having a um, viewing party with coffee and donuts. Um, A little group that I worked with uh, got together, and the Cincinnati Reds won the World Series, and they came home and there was a big party on Fountain Square, and they cut into the show for live coverage of that. No one watching Twin Peaks was interested in baseball. Hi. Right, right, right. (laughs) Wow. I uh, I, I, so, I, I really just kind of lost the thread of everything, I think, and yeah. it just, you yeah, know, was, that was before the days when you could go on YouTube, go on, you know, whatever, and just, you know, catch up. You know, there was no on-demand, there was no, yeah, none of that. Today, like you were, you know, kind of getting at, the, uh, it would make an excellent short-season cable show that, yeah, did not exist back then. Exactly,
7: I think Twin Peaks, uh, like Ben said, I think Twin Peaks helped was ahead of its time in, in that way. They, people talk about it being a pioneering show and I think that's one way. Does, does anyone in this audience ever see the, a show that aired on uh, AMC called The Killing, that aired on AMC for a bunch? The, the same thing, ha- I mean, it was nowhere near as good as Twin Peaks, but the same thing happened there when she refused to, um, Exposed the killer at the end of the first season the critics Just excoriated her and there's it was just so hard to believe that they they didn't Learn from Mm -hmm. that what they did with Twin Peaks, but anyway anybody else have any Special memories of the scenes of the show or want to talk about whether they felt um, That Laura's murder was solved not quickly enough for them or either that or just a scene that they that that they remember as being really great. Yeah, all the way in the back
9: there. I really
3: enjoyed the episode where the uh, killer is revealed, and there's little things I noticed I- I appreciate that, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Especially, uh, I remember watching it again and noticing how Hawk would just look at the killer uh, when everyone else leaves the room. He's still looking as if he is suspicious or knows something's up, and it just builds to that climax, and that is just amazing. Uh, by, all, by everyone involved without giving too much away, but yes, that's definitely uh, memorable.
7: Anybody else have any? Yes. And then we'll take you. Which one? Uh, this woman here in the front, in black.
5: Called me a woman and not a girl, so I must be getting old. Oh, I said woman
7: oh. in, said woman oh, in black. <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed better than girl in black.
5: Um, I thought the scene with Audrey and Ben at One Night Jacks um, was really memorable and tense, and I don't think he reacted with enough like shame and disgust when she revealed to him yeah. that it was her the whole time in that room mm. with the
7: mask. Yeah. The scene, that's the scene where Ben doesn't know that uh, he's gone to this house of ill repute to have, and he gets to break in the new girl, and it's his daughter, and she's wearing a mask, and he doesn't know it's it's her, but she knows it's him, and Eventually, yeah. I mean, Ben was pr- pretty, uh, pretty sleazy. And that, actually, speaking of Ben, another great scene, I don't know if you remember it, is the, um, do you remember the scene with the flashlight and the, the you know who the, who that girl is who's doing that dance? Little known fact. I don't know if you guys read my notice. book or not, yeah. but uh, it's the, the sister of the director, David Fincher. You know who David Fincher is? He did like seven and House of Cards, and what else
6: did David Fincher do? Oh gosh, uh, he, he, he did, uh, how can I, not, uh, Fight Club, Fight Club. Yeah, 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 good stuff, So love that director.
7: So if you've seen that scene in Twin Peaks with, uh, I forget her name, the, the, Louise Dombrowski, I think it is, dancing, uh, and Ben and Jerry as little boys are looking on, she's got a flashlight, that's Emily Fincher. Uh, But that that is a great
6: scene. Though I agree with you that he didn't respond well. It it seems like Ben Horn was more bothered that his daughter found out that he he had the one-eyed jacks than he was that he almost seduced her. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) seduced. Yeah, Yeah, I'll use that
2: term.
7: That's also another mystery never solved: is whether Ben is Donna's dad or not. Um, Yeah. Anybody else? Great Twin Peaks scene.
10: Yes. I like the scene where uh Cooper gets inducted into the uh into the club uh the, oh the
6: Bookhouse Boys. Yes. Yeah, Bookhouse Boys.
10: Yeah, yeah, that's I, I think that's really I mean, you know, I I've, I have an affinity for secret societies and and uh, such and I, I mean, I think the the that's great cuz you know, it shows the friendship and uh and it, it's it's small but it's uh it's really great. And uh I also like uh when they when they raid One-Eyed ja- One and when I jacks too. That's uh that's a pretty great scene, you know. Yeah. It had it had a bit of uh, an Untouchables feel to it, I guess. I don't know.
7: <laughs> yeah, I think that friendship between Cooper and Truman is really um, uh, in- inspiring, or a bromance or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A bromance. Yeah, yeah. And it's so sad that that Truman's not going to be back. Uh, I think he just didn't want to leave Hawaii, right? Or,
6: maybe. Yeah. Well, the, the oh, actor. Oh, is the actor's be. Side, we, the, right. we might see Truman still, right. possibly.
7: The original actor cast as Truman was. Um, Robert Foster, and he is on the cast list. So there's a lot of speculation
6: that he's going to be Harry Truman. He was uh, one of the cops in Mahaland Drive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
8: I have two scenes, not necessarily my favorite, but um, the one scene I always think of when I think of Twin Peaks, just how surreal it is, is when they're at the Meals on Wheels house with the old lady and her grandson, and everything's just so weird.
7: Cream <laughs> corn
6: from the movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> And that's David Lynch's son in real life.
7: Oh, really? Yeah. No, the one in the TV show is his son. Right. Right. The one in the movie is not his son.
8: Mm. Another scene um, when you were saying about Donna and James being divisive characters, I always think about the scene where um, they're with Maddie in Donna's living room and they're playing the guitar. and just you and me yeah (laughs) Yeah. don't sing it (laughs) no it's just so weird and then donna sees james looking at maddie and it brings up the whole oh he'll always prefer laura or at least in her mind i thought
7: that that is definitely one of the greatest scenes in the series and then it has this amazing ending too when bob hops over the uh couch toward maddie that is an amazing scene yeah um yeah, like, why are they doing that in the middle of this murder investigation? They take time out to uh, record a song yeah. in their living room.
8: And it's funny, it was like a 1950s yeah, type song. Yeah, it's like a it, du- yeah. Um, and one more thing I thought of an actress to play Diane, Christina Hendricks, I think, because I was oh. just watching Mad Men a lot. I could see her would, being the secretary.
7: That would be great. That could work, yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you, where, how did you discover Twin Peaks at your age?
8: Um, I just saw it on Netflix, and I always heard about it being like one of those cult shows. And I just turned it on. Like this was a few years ago, and I, I got sucked into the first episode, and I'm like, oh my god, this show is amazing.
7: <laughs> and you watched both seasons and the movie.
8: I honest, I didn't watch the movie, and I did. Um, I still need to finish the second season. I after the killer was revealed, and a few episodes after that, I was recommended by a friend to. Stop it! Oh, okay. Yes, and I yeah. don't want it to be ruined for me. Yeah. But I will go back now. Watching that, I will finish it.
5: Okay,
2: you should. Yes.
8: Because I don't want—I just don't <laughs> want it to be ruined for me. Because I should.
7: You did watch the movie or didn't watch? I the didn't movie. watch the movie. But you just mentioned a scene that was in the movie.
6: I think she was talking about uh, the. I think she was talking about the, uh, the grandson and the
8: oh, and grandmother from, yeah, the, from the, the series. Oh, okay. and yeah. yeah.
6: They, they are in the movie.
8: Oh, okay. I, will, I want to watch the movie, too. Yes.
7: Okay. Well, you know, um, the ABC was giving uh, Lynch and Frost a really hard time at the end of the first season to solve the murder. And so David Lynch, an interesting story in my book, is that uh, Mark Frost and I think Harley Payton, for the first e- episode of the second season, went. they had heard that Steven Spielberg was a huge fan of the show. So they went to Spielberg's house, and they asked him if he wanted to direct the first episode of the second season, and he said yes. Apparently they didn't clear this with David Lynch. They went to Lynch and told him and Lynch said, no, no, no I want to direct it. So he directs the first episode of the second season. And if you remember that, that's the one with the giant uh, and the waiter, the old, the the old waiter who brings them the milk. And remember that ABC is saying, you got to speed this up. You got to tell us who killed Laura. And that scene is the slowest moving scene. So that's basically Lynch (laughs) telling ABC to go screw themselves. And so he deliberately slowed
6: it down, you know, but- Right, so Steven, uh, so David Lynch basically says, no, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the first episode, not Steven Spielberg, and maybe later on Steven Spielberg can do it. But interesting also is uh, Brad Dukes has a letter that basically, where Steven Spielberg actually wrote to ABC trying to save the show, which I think is interesting. Brad Dukes, has, he's the uh, book uh, Reflections, he has his own podcast, and on that podcast he read Steven Spielberg's letter.
7: Yeah, also Quentin Tarantino was another, big director was a huge fan of the show too. I think we're out of time, guys. So unless anybody else has any questions that we didn't address or anything they wanted to, uh, to add, I think we've pretty much uh, used up our hour. Uh, I wanna, anybody else have anything that they, yeah.
8: I've just been really interested in everyone talking about like, stopping the show, not finishing. And I think that for me, I approach the show as already an established David Lynch fan And I think that that really changes your perspective, because for me, I was like, well, every Lynch film that I've ever seen, like I watched once and I still didn't know what was going on, so you go back and watch it again. So for me, I was just like, okay, I need to keep watching because there's just gonna be more stuff and I know I'm gonna need to rewatch it to totally get what's going on. And I'm I'm wondering too, like how you all approached it, like if you had seen other David Lynch things and if you think that that changes your perspective on the show?
7: Well, I approach it exactly the same way you do, and I think that's what I love about David Lynch, and that's why when people say to me, what do I think the new season will be, I say I think it, at the most it will be amazing and at the worst it, would be, it will be interesting, because I think everything that he does is interesting.
6: I was like 15 when I saw Twin Peaks and David Lynch, that was the first time I had seen David Lynch's work was Twin Peaks, but once I saw that I was like, I gotta see everything that David Lynch has done and, and so I'm just excited to see anything he, yeah. he comes out with.
7: The only David Lynch movie I haven't seen is Straight Story.
8: Really? That's I don't know
7: funny. why it doesn't appeal to me for some reason. <laughs> is have it you, Disney,
8: maybe, or is it?
7: <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen Straight Story?
8: That that's actually the only one I haven't seen. Yeah,
7: so
6: <laughs> maybe we'll see it. Together. I liked it. It was good. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not
7: Lynchian, though, right?
6: It's pretty Lynchian. It's slow. He's on a he's on a tractor and he's going to see his brother and it's like it's it takes its time to get there and they have a great. It's very Lynch dialogue where he's talking to his brother. And oh, okay.
2: It's it's good stuff. We'll cover it on the podcast. Yeah, we are.
6: So it's going to be. It's good. There's an anniversary coming. I can't remember, but there's an anniversary, anniversary. coming in the spring. Yep. That we'll be talking about that. <laughs> so I would love to see a, a, a raise hands. How many people are going to watch the new series? I mean, how many people are 100. look like just about almost everybody? Yeah, everybody. Cool. That's good. All right. Well, uh,
7: Brian, do you have anything you wanted to? Add?
6: Oh no,
2: well, just to answer that question. Um, like David Lynch, uh, Twin Peaks for me wh- with Ben, and I've seen Lost Highway as a teenager. We did Mohan Drive, and I was so nervous to watch. I watched the movie, and I'm like, oh man, is this gonna be too heady? What am I gonna do? What if I don't get it? And then my aha, David Lynch moment was seeing a YouTube clip where a mom and her son saw Mohan Drive together, which was odd. So they saw the movie together, and they asked David Lynch, we just saw Mulholland Drive, and we, we cannot figure out what was it about. And David Lynch goes on to explain, whatever you think, that's what it is. And for me, from that moment on, I was just like, okay, I don't have to worry. It's just whatever you think. And I think that's what makes him such a great director and storyteller. He allows you to create um, that world in what you think. And I like the fact he'll never tell you. I love that. I, like, I hate when 20 years down the line, someone from Lost will be like, well, this is what it meant. But I don't want that. I want never to know. Um, I, I compare it to a, a song. You listen to a song, you love that song. And then when the artist comes out 10 years and says, that, sound, that song was about my son going to the store. And you're like, no. <laughs> you ruin it for me. And I, I, I love David Lynch for that. And I think I, I, I approach all his movies, just open-minded. And at the end, I don't get it, but I'll figure it out eventually, you know. You're there Personal. for the ride. Right? You're there for the ride, yeah.
7: Yeah, yeah and I yeah. think also like a lot of times he may not even know what it means. I think yeah. it just feels true.
2: feels right to him.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I really want to thank you guys for coming. We love talking about Twin Peaks with people who love the show, and we could do that all day. In fact, they do it every week. So. <laughs> Uh, listen to their podcast.
6: Yeah, every Wednesday we've got a we've Twin got a Peaks show we've been doing.
7: And David, you've got your book out, Twin Peaks do, Frequently yeah. Asked Questions. It's available for anybody who wants to buy it. It's a great book. I've said yeah. that ten times already. And we're we're gonna we're gonna
6: have an interview with you yeah. uh, in the next week or so. And okay, thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you.
9: Yeah.
2: So, thank you, David Bushman, for having us on your panel. It was a joy. Um, like I said, I was super nervous. I got like. The, the first, like five minutes before we were gonna go, mm. I was just like, wow. I, I think I was nervous no one was gonna show up. Cause it's not a con. People don't. Kinetic Con is an anime convention. Yeah. It's primary cosplayers, anime. I was like, a Twin Peaks panel. This is gonna be weird. Right. 45 people showed up. Mm. And I think the nervousness went away the moment David Bushman started talking. And I realized. You know, we're all, these people like Twin Peaks. They right. want to hear people talk about it. That's why they're here. Yeah. Don't be nervous. Right. These are the people you do a podcast for every week. That's
6: right. So, it's natural to you. You've been doing it for uh, yeah. almost 60 weeks here or whatever. My yeah. nervousness went away,
2: and I think the panel came
6: out awesome. It did. It came out really good. I was yeah. really happy with it. It was great. And it was great to meet new people. And it was interesting to see that, you know, some people hadn't seen the whole series, some people oh, hadn't yeah. seen the movie. And it was just interesting. But, you know, the, it was really exciting. It was to see that, like, just so everybody said, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see the new series." So yeah. So even that, no matter where they were in, in, with the show, th- they were all excited to see the new stuff. So yeah. That
2: was cool. And you know what was also interesting? I like the fact we didn't say who the killer was because mm. one person said they didn't know, but that was so cool because I mean, someone else could have just been like, "Well, it's been out since the '90s; you should know." But. Right. I love the Twin Peaks community
6: where people just... They, they respect each other. They, they respect, really, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the mystery. Right. Right? Respect the mystery.
2: Respect the mystery. So I think that's really awesome. But, man, today was the best show. It was so good. It so, was good. so cool. Yeah. It
6: was so awesome. I, and I, you know, I think I shared with you. I, like, I got home. I was like so pumped. Just like we gotta do more of these. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm getting
2: like a, like, you know, a text blast from you, going, like, Brian. We have this. This is gonna be happening. But you're gonna be on vacation. But we could do this and this. And I'm like, what? <laughs>
6: <laughs> We're going on the road. Twin Peaks Unwrapped on, on the road. The
2: road. Yes. We're gonna get a bus with our fake faces on it. <laughs> Actually, we just Laura Palmer's face. Yeah, there you go. People are like, what's going on? Yeah. You can get a hold of us at Twin Peaks Unwrapped on the Twitter.
6: On the Twitter, Twin Peaks Unwrap.
2: And on the Facebook, we're beyond 200 likes and growing. So thank you, everybody, on Facebook. And also, iTunes, you can give us those sweet five-star ratings. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We,
6: <laughs> <laughs> we like that. <laughs> we
2: like those. And then give us those comments. And you can send us an email, just like JT did, at Twin Unwrapped at gmail.com. JT writes, loving the alternative views of Firewalk With Me. Now, we just did our Firewalk With Me series not mm. that long ago. Don't really go along with the dream theory, which I've not heard before. That's John Thorne's dream theory. Now, John Thorne's dream theory is popular, but people don't like it. Like, people like it, but they don't want to accept it.
6: It's a hard thing to accept because if you accept that, then you have to believe that maybe these people aren't real or didn't happen. Mm. And yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, it is a tough one to swallow. Part of me, I kind of go in that direction. But I want to have, I almost feel like the dream theory, and I got to bring something to, to it that I believe, mm-hmm. right, and make right. it my own. But, yeah. but it, I'm glad people got to hear it. Because I think a lot of people on uh, Reddit were talking about it. And mm. now they got to hear the man say it, which yeah, is really cool. It's really awesome. JT writes, but that's mainly for reasons of taste, as the theory is really, really clever. And I love thinking about it. And I think that's what it, I, people do like thinking about it. It's cool. I think my favorite Lynch film. Now, this is two emails. I kind of pushed two emails together. So JT's probably like, I didn't write it in this order. But it's two emails I mushed together. J.T. also
6: goes by Jamie, is that right? Yes. Yep.
2: Yep. I think my favorite Lynch film is Mulholland Drive with Fire Walk With Me as a close second. Mulholland Drive was, for me, pure Lynch. Deep sadness and all built around an amazing performance by a talented actress. Now, we did our Mulholland Drive a couple, like, last year. I never thought of M.H. being quite close to Fire Walk With Me as mentioned in the last podcast, but now I think about it, it really is. So mm. this person kind of changes their mind, listening to our show, going, "Wow, I mean the whole dream stuff." Right, and, and even in
6: this panel, there was this idea is like, it, is it is the universe all together? Yeah, like do they all belong the Lynch the universe, universe?
2: Because we're going to be doing Lost Highway, and someone did on the panel mention how there's actors from Lost Highway There are being season three. Does that mm. mean Lost Highway is part of mm. Twin Peaks? We haven't got the Lost Highway, so I. You're I, gonna have to wait till we, 2017. We, so yeah, yeah. it's uh,
6: spring, probably. We'll be doing the 25th anniversary there.
2: Cool. So JT wrote, Keep up the good work. Jamie, P.S. Since Scott Ryan unleashed his hairstyle theory, I'm finding it hard to comb my hair in the morning without thinking whatever style I choose may somehow be symbolic. <laughs> Are you doing that, Ben? I'm not. <laughs>
6: <laughs> that theory was cool. People like that
2: theory. Yeah. I still did...
6: need to go back and rewatch it. I mean, I've I've heard. I mean, I heard Scott talk about this before, but I still need to look at it again and say, okay, does this mean this is the Cooper from the past, and this yeah. is the, coo- the present Cooper or future Cooper? Or...
2: You know, Scott Ryan does bring up a good point. Nothing's done nilly nilly willy mm. on the show. Everything has a purpose. So. Uh, it's if a good we ever theory. interview
6: Kyle McLaughlin, we have to ask him. It's like, do you know of anything? Because like here, you have an actor who who is having his hair done for different scenes. What if we interview the hairstylist? There you go. Let's go. We'll <laughs> do that.
2: <laughs> so why did you do his hair that way? I was told to. Why? I don't know. Because if they were told to. Mm-hmm maybe they know i don't know now this ties in loosely to dale cooper a couple weekends ago is at like a tag flea market or something and i had my dale cooper archer shirt which i wore at mm. the um panel and some some older guy probably in his 50s he saw the shirt and he just goes db cooper and i was like 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 i'm not db Co- who the hell's db cooper no this is cooper dale cooper from twin peaks he goes oh oh and then he walked away and my girlfriend was like, oh, D.B. Cooper, you don't know who that is? And I'm like, no. So on the car ride, she tells me, it's this guy. The story is he jumped out of a plane. He had, he stole all his money. He jumps out of the plane. Nobody ever figured out where he went, mm. if he lived or died or he, he did live and he's living the life of luxury with all the money. He stole that Monday on the news. FBI were closing the case of D.B. Cooper. Mm. I was like, "What?" That's yeah. very coincidental. Yes. That day. You know, that Dale happens. Cooper
6: says, "When you, when uh, I'm not going to get his quote right. When when two uh, two things consist happen at the same time, we should pay strict attention to." to. And I did. Yes. I, I did. I <laughs> paid strict attention
2: to it yeah. because this led me to the fact that. Dale Cooper's middle name was Bartholomew. Right. So he is D.B. Cooper.
6: He's D.B. Cooper.
2: And then I looked on his wiki page, and it says that uh, David Lynch named Cooper in reference to D.B. Cooper.
6: Isn't that cool?
2: Um, Yeah, it is really cool. Yeah. I'm like, that's so cool. So it... I did patience And some detention. people would say
6: that Cooper is missing right now. I mean, we don't know. We'll we'll have to see. You're right. We'll have to yes. see when the new <laughs> series comes out, but he could be he could be he could be missing for uh, 25 years. He
2: could be. So Dale Cooper is missing and DB Cooper is missing. Right. Still. Or I guess it, he could be 90 years old or something. So he's, he's probably, probably dead. dead.
6: Yeah. If he lived. If he lived. If, if he, he lived, li- right. Yeah, we don't know. And that, I mean, he's he is a very popular character and like he, TV shows and, and movies and other things, like Prison Break had used that character to be like, oh, we have to go get the money from D.B. Cooper. Thanks for sharing. Thank you, Jamie. That was yes. really cool. To, thanks for the... And yeah, other people, if you guys, we'd love to hear from you guys we'd yep. love to hear what you guys think of... We're going to be doing more Lynch films, you know, and now that we're oh, done with yes. TV series and stuff. So we'd love to hear what is your favorite David Lynch film? Maybe you find something
2: we haven't heard or seen yet and let us know. Yeah. I'm sure there might be small little gems out there we haven't even... Not yeah. even on our radar. But uh, next week, we can say we're going to have David Bushman back with his partner. Arthur Smith there. Doing Twin Peaks FAQ, talking about their book. Can't wait to have him on. Yes, very exciting. So we'll see you guys next week. Thank you.
10: Thanks. Tell us now what is happening with with the show. It's been on ABC now for two years. And when it came on, it was like one of the most talked about, uh, most highly rated shows of all time. So where do we stand now?
1: Well, we've been, uh, those popularity polls, we've been decreasing in them uh, steadily. Mm -hmm. And um, there may be lots of reasons, but it doesn't make any difference. Now we're sort of in trouble, and we think uh, that we have a good show, and we can do well on a weeknight. Because we feel very strongly that the people who like Twin Peaks are party people. Mm-hmm. They no, enjoy... No, what does that mean exactly? Let's they are not home on Saturday night. Oh, I see. They're they, they, of... they, they make... They, they don't want to be home on Saturday right. night. And, um And so to have the show on that would be wrong. Right.
10: So which night, if you had to select one for yourself, or if you could select one for yourself, what would it be?
1: I don't uh, know enough about the lineup, mm-hmm. but I've heard that Wednesday at 10 is a, is a prime uh,
10: spot. <laughs> Just a hunch on your part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, the truth of it is, if you stop and think about it, it seems like the, it might be the kind of show that would be, you know, kind of have a limited run. And then would become a classic forever. forever. That's okay too. Yeah. If if
1: it has to end, you know that's that's all, all right. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't have to end, that's that's even better. Mm-hmm.